What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames, along with my two uh, cohorts here, my two co-hosts, and uh, the lovely people that join me, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how you doing? You called me lovely. <laughs> well, you are. You are silly. And of course, uh, actually, I was more pointing towards. Lovely, I know. I but, know. You know, I mean, I'm glad that you think so. I mean, you know, that's why I have to keep you happy. Um, and we also have a wonderful, lovely, beautiful co-host, Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, how you doing? Hi, guys. What's up? Great how's, to be how- back. How's how's PA treating you? I know you're out there right now. Yeah, actually, I'm broadcasting all the way from Pittsburgh, my hometown today. Um, had a gorgeous weekend. It was sunny and all the trees are turning. Today it's raining, but the Steelers, that's the big news around here, are 5-0. and oh. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> also, also, I did notice that, because uh, I'm stalking you on, on social media, Lonnie, just so you know, mm-hmm. uh, as, as, well, as well as everybody else should be too. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed that you're also doing, you know, uh, uh, remote uh, yoga sessions as well. I am. I am actually um, did a, a Zoom class yesterday that was really cool um, from where I'm staying in downtown Pittsburgh. It's pretty amazing. I had somebody in Albany, New York, take my class. Uh, my regulars in LA who practice with me, and then I had someone up in Sacramento. So I had we were kind of all over the map yesterday. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, I have a lot of friends who've had to adapt like that. A lot of gym owner friends, CrossFit buddies, things like that. And it's really cool to see uh, everybody adapting to, you know, the challenges we're facing and, you know, helping keep their, their teaching going. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, there's nothing like being in the studio, I have to admit, and of course. just you know, being with other people, but it's nice. I feel like as an instructor, it definitely challenges us and makes us stronger. We have to be very specific about how we describe how to do something because you're not there in person with the, with the person anymore. Yeah, I, I always need definitely extra instructions on telling me what to do because <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I, I just, I, I get confused very easily as I was as it was pointed out over this weekend <laughs> I'm not gonna go ahead and go anywhere else other than that we'll, we'll talk about that later on too um, but, uh, but Jeremy you also had a pretty busy week last week as well right like didn't you have uh, signings with uh, or I had a uh, virtual um, you know meet and greets or something like that with the peanuts gang Actually, yes. This last week we had uh, the first ever and largest uh, virtual signing for the Peanuts Gang, and it was actually quite successful. It was a lot of fun. Um, A lot of people don't know I did the voice of Linus for Peanuts for almost three years when I was younger, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's just an amazing fraternity to be a part of. And um, you know, all of us sitting around, a lot of the former voiceover actors and actresses still do a lot of the comic book conventions and things like that and 
since the lockdown, we haven't been able to do anything like that. And yes, there's a money consideration. A lot of people do make some extra money that way, but it's also a time for us to get out and get to interact with our fans and get to talk to people who really loved the, you know, the shows and really loved the Peanuts gang. And this was just an opportunity to reconnect with all of those fans. Uh, it was really awesome. No, that's really cool, dude. That's really oh, cool. cool. And and I, I gotta remember, did you do the did you do the uh, the Great Pumpkin? No, the the Great Pumpkin was unfortunately uh, before my time. Um, I believe that was the original voice of Linus, ah. um, which is the reason I got the part. Um, Lee Mendelson and Bill Melendez were the producers who did the Peanuts Gang shows, okay. and. Lee was the one who hired me on the spot when I auditioned. He came in and told my mom and I, you sound the most like the original voice of Linus that I've ever heard. And they wow. basically hired me right there. Uh, it was just awesome. I mean, as a kid, that was, I mean, it's peanuts. It was the coolest thing to be. I was already a huge fan. And, you know, it, to be a part of that as a kid was just the coolest thing ever. And it's still one of the things I'm the most proud of. And we hey, had. Who does Snoopy's voice? Not to interrupt, but who does Snoopy's voice? Well, they. Most of them, if you remember, didn't really have a voice for Snoopy. You know, yeah. a lot of it was yeah. more just him kind of doing his inner. I believe, I could be wrong on this, yeah. but the musical, the hour-long Snoopy musical uh -huh. uh, TV special was one of the ones that I did record. And cool. I believe that was one of the first ones they gave Snoopy a voice for. And okay. the gentleman who did his voice was a man named Cam Clark, who is okay. one of the most accomplished voice and animation actors in the, I mean, you want to talk about a laundry list of credits. He wow. was an amazing voice actor, still is. I believe he's still working. Uh, wonderful man, sweet as could be. And it was a real pleasure to get to work with him for the extended period we did when we did the musical, because there was so much training and so much practice and so many things that went into doing the musical. Uh, I think we spent probably three times the amount of time and days on it as we would one of the normal specials. Nice. Very cool. I nice. was obsessed with Snoopy, by the way, Jeremy. Oh, I love it. Oh, so was I. So was <laughs> I. I was actually, it was funny because I actually, uh, my parents, uh, they they took me to Knott's Berry Farm here in California, here in Southern California. And uh, when uh -huh. I was a kid, I still have pictures of when I was a kid and checking out uh, uh, Snoopy and the Peanuts gang and everything. Yeah. I was like so excited to meet him and everything when I was a kid. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I mean, I definitely, I definitely was a, was a Peanuts fan when I was, when I was a child. Um, I even yeah. had like this little like thermal, I guess, this little like red thermal with Snoopy Aww. on everything. Yeah. When I was a kid, like, like a little canteen is really cool. But um, yeah, it was, I was a really, I was a fan. I think I still had that canteen too. <laughs> that must be, that might be, that might actually might be worth a little bit of cash to be honest. You know, it's from the eighties and everything. So, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely liked it. And then when you told me you were the voice of Linus, I was like, get the F out of here. Are you serious? You're the voice of Linus? You were the voice of Linus? No. Most, most, most of my friends never even knew. It wasn't something I really talked about. Um, I'm, it wasn't a conscious decision, but I mean, because it was just my voice, 
I, uh-huh. I, I mean, my friends didn't recognize it. They all knew I was on Growing Pains. They knew the other stuff I did because it was my face along with my voice. But okay. yeah, many, many, many people that I even grew up with who I knew during the time I was doing it had no clue that I was voicing Linus at that point. Wow. You have a very distinct voice, though, Jeremy. That I, you know, I have to say, you know. Don't, don't blow up his head. Don't do that. Don't, don't. She said distinct. She didn't say good. Oh, I thought. Well, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he has a very he has a very stink voice. I mean, distinct voice. Yeah. You feel the love, folks. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no. D- Jeremy definitely has uh, definitely has uh, some talent somewhere. We're still trying to figure out where exactly. I think he's still trying to figure it out too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> But anyways, well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we're back. I mean, we took a little bit of a week off because uh, we had a few things going on. Um, you know, we had uh, Jeremy had to go ahead and uh, get his hair plugs, uh, you know, put back in his hair. They fell off for about two hair, seconds. Hair plugs? Uh-uh. No, I had the butt hair transplanted. I didn't say I didn't I didn't say where the hair fell off of. Um, <laughs> but hey, you brought it up. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm not trying to be mean at all, but the time we were doing the show when we were doing Growing Pains was really the beginning of the hair plug era when wow. that began. And they were so bad when they began. I mean... I have to tell you, so as do a tell. Kid, who, who had hair plugs? Who had hair plugs? Well, honestly, it was none of the big stars that you would see. Okay. Um, I, I honestly, my belief is that because they were so bad back then, most of the big celebrities who needed it usually paid for the really expensive hair pieces because those okay. really look good when you pay for the, you know, when you really pay for them. But the plugs were so bad at the time. I mean, you honestly looked like. Uh, like a like a child's doll. You remember how a wow. child's doll's head looked with like just Chucky? Those, like Chucky? Yeah, <laughs> yes, like those tufts just coming out in in you know, you saw literally the plugs. I mean you it looked like somebody planted hair on these people's just, heads. You just want to pull one out to see if it hurts or something. It, it was it was insane because it was, you know, you're talking about a, a clump of hair that's plugged put in, in a plug. Oh so God. I mean if you look at if you're if you're unfortunate enough to get the right eye line to look at the actual scalp, it was I mean, it was really bad looking early on. They've of course, you know, f- gotten better at the technology and everything was this, else. Was, it, more was natural, this before the spray hair? <laughs> I, I believe wow. this was right around the same time oh as the Ron Popeil, you know, spray on hair stuff. <laughs> and honestly, it, com- it would be so painful. It has to be painful. Oh, I'm sure the recovery could not have been fun. I mean, I know they put they put you out when they do it and it was a full surgery, but I can't imagine the recovery was very easy. Um, but yeah, it just looked so awful. And as a kid, it was so hard not to stare. It was. I mean, you're a kid. You just, I mean, it was so difficult because it looked like looking at a human Barbie doll or Ken oh doll. I mean, it was God, just, just eerie. It was. It was very strange. Um, and I'm glad they've gotten better at the. Uh, the process it, it just it just when i when i hear you say that you can't stop staring it reminds me of uh, austin powers when he's like pointing at the mole he's like bowl <laughs> mole in your case you're like plugs plugs you know well, <laughs> it was it was making me think of scrubs with the hot coffee episode oh, hello right. hello splotchy <laughs> 
That's right. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you got to love it. The thing is that the spray on hair kind of got me, too, because it's like, really? That's just spray paint in a can. That's all it is. You know, just go ahead and get yourself. It's just non-toxic, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Like, what the hell are you guys thinking? Oh, Lord. The stuff that people came up with, I swear. It's like, dude, you might as well just go ahead and, like, surgically put Velcro on your head. And, you know, just just put, you know, just just do that. You might as well just do that instead of hair plugs. You'll, you'll have a lot better. Uh, 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 it'll be better for you. Let me ask Lonnie real quick. Lonnie. Sure. We have to have a woman's opinion here. Sure, sure. Now, given not every man, not every person can pull off bald. Yeah. But as a woman, mm-hmm. would you rather see a man, you know, losing his hair with a you know going natural or with dignity with 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 a certain amount of dignity or you know and again i'm not criticizing anybody who has it done but from a woman's Mm -hmm. perspective what would you find more attractive you know somebody who got the job done and maybe it's not up to par Mm -hmm. or you know someone who's just kind of letting nature take its course you know, I really do feel for some men when it comes to losing your hair because I, I really do believe, and this is both with for, for black men and, and white men, it depends on the shape of your head. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes some guys lose their hair and, the, and their head shape is so different that I can see how they would feel insecure about it. And I can see how uh, they would want to hold on to something you know, Mm -hmm. on top. So if you have the money to get it done and you can get it done in the right way, if that's possible, then I, you know, I, I would, I feel for them overall though, for me, I, I I do like hair. I'm going to be honest. You know, I mean, I like, I like a nice head of hair, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's not, it's not a deal breaker. A guy who can uh, rock his bald head, and shave it and and wear it and be confident in it. I applaud that probably more than anything, but I know that it's a process. I have a friend who rocks his bald hair now, but it didn't start off that way. He was holding on to every bit he could, you know, Mm -hmm. finally had to let it go. So I, I, I really feel for the guys who are bald and their head shape isn't the most ideal shape. You know, because not everybody's a Michael Jordan or, uh, let me think. Uh, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, you know, the mm-hmm. rock. there's some guys who look better bald. I'm going to Abs- be honest. <laughs> Absolutely true. You and know, you brought- who, does, who just have the swag. They can just carry it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I really do feel like it's just the confidence about it. You, know? well, you, you brought up a good point there. Um, you know, I... I've never been a big fan of, you know, plastic surgery, all that kind of stuff, unless, unless you're doing it for you. Right. You know, if you're doing it for you, for your own confidence, there's something that you've just always wanted to feel better about, then I really have no problem with that, you know? Um, I've had female friends who've had, you know, breast augmentation. I've had- Mm -hmm. Why haven't you not introduced them to me? (laughs) 
Wow. I'm just you saying, are, I want You are such a pig. We what? Are no, I, I was interested. I know. I was interested to see what the procedure was like, what the process was uh, like, so how, how the recovery was like. Exactly. Okay. God. That's my wow. bad for, for thinking so poorly of you. Jeez. What are the names? <laughs> <laughs> but truthfully, it, it's, it's something that I've had a lot of friends who've done it for many reasons. And the ones oh, yeah. who've ended up happy with the changes 20 years later did it for themselves mm-hmm. I mean, you know i mean here in la in la it's just common commonplace really oh, I, mean, Lord, I, remember yes. when I, I remember when i first came out to los angeles and i'll just in full transparency i haven't had any work done yet but talk to me in, in 10 years from now I might, you know, but I remember when I first came out here and I remember um, um, someone coming up to me. I've had a cut, a couple people come up to me and wanted to know if my nose was real. <laughs> oh, my. And that God. was the funniest thing to me. Only know? in L.A. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. like, is your nose real? I was like, yeah, this is I've had this nose my whole life. It's real. Oh, my God. And did I, it hurt when they had the procedure done? No, it's mine. No, it's my, mine, okay? It's like I hate to sound like the seagull from freaking Finding Nemo. Mine, mine, mine. Yeah, yeah. It was just, that was just the funniest thing to me, you know? That, um, and then at one, one time I had um, on Instagram, I had a couple of plastic surgeons following me. And I thought it was interesting because I've heard that a lot of times, and I'm not, and I don't mean this in a narcissistic, e- egotistical way, but I've heard that sometimes they'll find pictures of various people that, you know, said that they have something to model it after when mm-hmm. they change when they change somebody's nose or change something on them, and so that's why sometimes they'll look at different people too. But I mean, I have to give it to them. That plastic surgery show, I can't think of the name of it. The, uh, the which one? Doctors. Oh, exactly. <laughs> There's so many. Now. The two doctors who are like really graphic, like they show everything. Mm-hmm. I can't watch that show. But I mean, I have to say, man, the work that they do sometimes is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, as far as in all seriousness, as far as plastic surgery goes, my whole thing is that, you know, I'm with Jeremy on that one, that if you. Yep feel that you need to improve something to make you know yourself feel a little bit have a little bit more you know mm-hmm. like give yourself a little bit more of that confidence boost that you need go ahead and do so I, I've got no issues with that you know mm-hmm. um, you know just go ahead and do what you got to do I, I'm not a person to judge I'm never anybody right. that's going to judge you for anything that you <laughs> oh sorry wow <laughs> wow Wow. Okay, that was that was so harsh. I'm hurt. Oh, it, it, it just it must just be me you're so judgmental with. Exactly. God. <laughs> <laughs> I carry nothing but a freaking gavel around with you. Okay, just making sure. Everybody else I don't do that with. Jesus. <laughs> it's only with the ones I love. Um <laughs> or hate, whichever one. Well, um so anyways, no, but seriously like like I said, I'm not I'm not here to go ahead. I'm I'm no one to judge you, you know. So do what you gotta do you know i mean you know i mean but yeah it's 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 definitely uh it's definitely a crazy world out there full of plastic and fake and uh la is i guess the mecca of all that so i mean you know we gotta live with it but speaking of the entertainment industry you got a few things to chat with everybody around today about today uh including in entertainment news uh, china topples north america and world's biggest film box office market we'll talk a little bit about that in sports the duggers 
Let's go Dodgers. Um, they are going to the World Series. Very, very happy about that. We'll talk a little bit about that in sports. And in video game news, NBA 2K21 is quietly uh, adding ads in their loading screens. Uh, not too happy about that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Annalise Hobeda's aftertaste right here on the Xander Effect. Feeling sorry for half the things that we did. Know that in my style, and you're too hard to quit. When I try to save myself from messing with my own head, come down from the height and tell myself these things. Don't get emotional, addicted to the sweet pain. Good hearts make Sure, you tune in, turn up, and turn out for my boy Xander. You feel me? The same reference. You did.
Ring, ring, ring. How you doing, Miss Lady? I'm glad I caught up with you for a minute. Cause you really drive me crazy. Hey, no, I'm not playing. Yes, I'm thinking of you lately, day and night. Non-stop daydreaming, baby. And I cannot help but think it should be me making you smile. And I cannot help but think it should be us for a while. Maybe longer. I'd be honored if we'd hit Baskin Robbins for some ice cream and some cool conversation. I ain't playing, take my hand. I'm just saying, cause you smell it just like ice cream. Lips taste like ice cream. Addicted to your taste like ice cream. And girl, I swear you melt my heart just like ice cream. Cream. Shot it so sweet, just like ice cream. Caramel. Yes, I use my lips just like ice cream. Vanilla. Swag so high, melt your game just like ice cream. Step up in the club, ice cold just like ice cream. Yo, I will not run. Yes, I got big dreams. And no, I will not lie, making noise on a big scene. Fresh, pretty boy, so clean. And no, you cannot hate addictive just like ice cream. Man, I will not front. Yes, I be too sweet. Melt your heart, sugar like swag. Yes, that's me. Keep this game raw, sell it out just like ice cream. And no, you cannot hate addictive just like ice cream. Give me just one moment and I'll steal your damn heart. Give me just one second and I'll leave my damn mark. Man, I'm really not playing in this game for returning. I swear I'm off the chain. So surprised you have not heard of me. My swag is so heavy, mainstream. I am so ready. Haters really cannot face me. Smoking green daily. I'm so hazy. Man, I go and put my heart up to the world. They need to chill out. Go and tell the world. Put your hearts up. Love each other now. Man, it's so crazy. Put a word up in it. If she call me baby. Man, I'm so tasty. This thrilling vanilla drive you crazy. Man, it's so crazy. Put a word up in it. If she call me baby. This thrilling vanilla drive you crazy. It's so sweet. Just like ice cream. Caramel. Yes, I use my lips. Just like ice cream. Vanilla. Swag so high. Melt your game. Just like ice cream. Step up in the club. Ice cold. Just like ice cream. Yo, I will not front. Yes, I got big dreams. And no, I will not lie. Making noise on a big scene. Fresh, pretty boy, so clean. And no, you cannot hate addictive just like ice cream. Man, I will not front. Yes, I be too sweet. Melt your heart, sugar like sweat. Yes, that's me. This game raw, sell it out just like ice cream. And no, you cannot hate addictive just like ice cream. Yo, I will not front. Yes, I got big dreams. And no, I will not lie. Making noise on a big scene. Charm, fresh, pretty boy, so clean. And no, you cannot hate addictive just like ice cream. Man, I will not front. Yes, I be too sweet. Melt your heart, sugar like swag. Yes, that's me. Keep this game raw, sell it out just like ice cream. And no, you cannot hate addictive just like ice cream. So short and so sweet, just like ice cream. Yes, I use my lips just like ice cream. Swag so Twism White Pieces Ice Cream right here on the Xander Effect. Got a few things to chat about in entertainment news involving China toppling North America as world's biggest film box office market. But but Jeremy, during the break, you you actually brought up a, a topic that just piqued my interest right now about see-through toilet seats in China. 
Okay, so <laughs> what in the world? Ew! I found this story on uh, on NPR.org, and um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know if you know much about Japanese bathrooms, but the Japanese, being as technologically advanced as they are, have <laughs> the most insane bathrooms you've ever seen. I'm talking. So wait, about. Yeah. So, so wait this is in yeah. Japan, not in China. Well, it, it's these, they start in Japan and they start to spread throughout Asia. Ah. All the technology for these bathroom things that they come up with, it all starts there. And if they get popular, it starts to spread. Oh, it's kind of so, like New York, like, like the trends that start in New York, they spread over to Los Angeles afterward. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's more from a technology side because, gotcha. you know, Tokyo does tend to be the forefront of that. Gotcha. Um, Anyway, I mean, we're talking heated bathroom seats that lift yep. for you, and I mean, just all yep. sorts of insane stuff. But Easy. a architect has come up with a rather interesting idea for public toilets because two of the things most people worry about when they especially are going into a public toilet in a park or a rest area or whatever is, is there anybody in there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the yeah. truth. If you've ever stopped yeah. at a, you know, you've ever walked into a, a public restroom on the beach or yeah. a park or a campground mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, because a lot of crimes happen in public restrooms. That absolutely. Absolutely. And that is one of the things that definitely crosses most of our minds, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well as the cleanliness. Yeah. You know, I mean, how, how nasty is it going to be when we get in there? And mm -hmm. this architect decided, well, let's fix that. We're going to make transparent public restrooms so the walls are quite literally transparent you can completely see through them you can see that they're clean you can see if anybody's in there you can see everything until you step into one okay. of the designated stalls then the walls turn opaque and a slight pastel color and you can no longer see directly through I've seen Ooh, that on. Bad. That's crazy. I've seen that actually in one of the new. I think it's the new BMW or the new Mercedes. They have something similar to that in their windows, where uh, or their 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 sunroofs, where they push a button and suddenly it goes from being see through to like you said opaque. They, it, it it turns dark, um, and 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 it gets tinted. It's an automatic tint that happens. So I'm assuming that they're doing the same thing for these stalls then. A similar thing. It's not really darkening. It's just turning, you know, it's turning more of that that opaque, cloudy color, and it takes on a certain pastel shade that makes it impossible to see through. But if you look at the pictures, when that is not activated, these things are 100% see-through. It looks like clear glass. Wow. God, could you imagine? Could you imagine? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, but could you imagine if if that thing malfunctions and you're in the middle of doing number two? I mean, well, you know, we all spent how long going to the airports with the fully nude scanners, you know? So I mean, we've we've already given up on on you know. Yeah, but Nazi. but but that but that look, but that look in like a deer in the headlights, like uh, and then all oh, of yeah, a sudden, because you, you have to assume if it's 
if it goes see through from one side, it'll go see through from the other. It's so just, if you're sitting there, you're gonna know if it malfunctions. No, no, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds <laughs> me. That reminds me of that episode of the league where where he goes into his boss's uh, like bathroom when he's taking a dump, <laughs> and he's like, "Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> Look at my eyes! Yeah, you like that, right?" <laughs> While he's taking a dump. <laughs> You're a that's very what, disturbed man. That's what it reminds me of. I, that, I swear, dude, that, that just that's what popped into my head right there. Like, all of a sudden, the thing malfunctions, and you see somebody in the stall next to you. He's like, hey, look at my eyes. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something I do to you, Jeremy. What I would not distance from you, since you're going there, Xander, I'm wondering, too, are they soundproof? Because we all know we've been in the bathroom, and you try your hardest not to listen to you <laughs> but like you can't help but to hear it and you know does that happen in women's bathrooms or are they more are they more like are they more like you know more uh proper and trying not oh, to like oh yeah oh my god all the time that like guys bathrooms sometimes are cleaner than women i'm really? I, yeah. I have heard that from a few friends that's yep. crazy i never knew that that's wow wow the things you learn every day I swear. <laughs> we just learned about see-through uh bathrooms and how women's bathrooms are dirtier that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that piece of information there, Jeremy. I'm I'm sure that I I'm sure that that's a little interesting. And uh, you know what? I'm sure that's going to cross over here eventually. I mean, you know, well, if it works, honestly, it's a great idea. I mean, we yeah. have had so many horrible stories about <laughs> crimes taking place in situations yeah. like that. There has right. been, you know, crimes against children. Crime. I mean, just the, all sorts of different things. So if that rectifies that situation. I, I can only see it it becoming popular, you know, worldwide. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely that's definitely something interesting. And well, I mean, you know, that, here's hoping that it actually does because that's a good idea for for us to have that over here. I mean, I'm not sure if I'd be able to use the bathroom like that because I always. I, I think it'll take time. It'll always, take time for people to get used to it. Yeah, because I'd always be scared that the damn thing would malfunction while while I'm in the middle of my business, and suddenly, you know, I have you standing next to me, and be like, "Dude, really?" <laughs> I'm like, bro. <laughs> you know, I just be, I just be waiting outside for it to malfunction so I can laugh and point. That's 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 my worst nightmare. Thanks for pointing out my voice, my worst nightmare. Uh, anyways, well, thanks for that, Jeremy. In uh, in entertainment news, China, and here's a topic that you're actually very familiar with, Jeremy, because you know this market pretty well. Uh, China has officially overtaken the North American box office market. They went ahead and surpassed uh, North America's uh, box office records by about fifty million. Um, and it, it's go, it's going uh, like the it, rec- it recorded a total of 1.988 billion in its year-to-date box office sales, and um, you know on October 18th it, they exceeded North America by a total of 1.937 billion. I mean that's a significant amount, and they're estimated that it's going to consider it's going to cons- continue to be that trend uh, over the next uh, or until the end of the year and part of it has a lot to do with what's going on with with uh, the coronavirus pandemic is what a lot of experts are saying that it has a lot to do with so 
that's just crazy. That's just crazy to, 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 to even hear that. That's just insane. Well, if their numbers are accurate, I mean, this is just me being skeptical because you know, you never know where the information is coming from. But if, if it is accurate, they were saying that uh, because they they seem to bounce back from the COVID-19 sooner than everybody else, it would make sense that their economy overall, because their economy overall um, has seen some growth. So it would make sense if it's true that the movie industry would. What are your thoughts, Jeremy? Um, there's a lot of factors that go into this. There really is. Um, oh, the, COVID, yeah. the coronavirus and COVID thing is definitely a factor in that, as you just said, yes, they seem to have bounced back and their economy has bounced back faster. Now, given it's much easier to get a, a citizenry to behave when you have the ability to send armed people who will shoot <laughs> to say, stay the fuck in your house. True. I mean, that's, I'm just being, you know, no, I'm not saying that, you know, I want us under that kind of system. But the fact is, if you have something that can be slowed by people not being together, well, living somewhere where they can force you to do that is going to get that under control quickly. And they had the benefit of that. Now, beyond the COVID thing, you got to understand how the movies have been booming out there for a while now. When I first started going to China, I was only 14 years old. So as of tomorrow, um, that will be 30 years ago. Wow. Yay. Your birthday is tomorrow? Happy yeah, birthday. yeah, it is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought it was the 21st. Tomorrow's the 21st. Tomorrow's the 20th. It is? Yes. Oh. <laughs> This guy. Okay. This guy. <laughs> well, you are getting older. It's okay. Yeah. See, the mind's the first thing to go. But when I first started going over there, you know, it was 30 years ago, there was almost, I mean, it was still an incredibly rural country. Uh-huh. Even in Shanghai, which was, you know, the bustling economic center of China, it's still, I mean, there were no highways. People were still walking everywhere. You still saw carts everywhere. There was the rare movie theater showing something from two years ago from, you know, outside of China. Um, I started going back about 10 years ago. Uh, there was about a 15-year break, 15 to 16-year break, and I started going back, and all of a sudden, the whole place had changed. All of a sudden, there's highways everywhere. Everybody's commuting. It's very westernized. Wow. There's more. Um, there's more entertainment. You're seeing more theaters popping up. You're seeing more um, dance studios. More things of culture and and of westernized entertainment. That's odd so, too for for a country that's under communist rule too. Right. Well, right. here's the thing. And again, I'm not. I'm getting into a whole economic thing here. But China changed the way they do business about 20 years ago and people Mm -hmm. didn't realize it because they did it very quietly and they kept everything you know kind of under wraps they hired the best and brightest of their young communist party members to study what went wrong with russia Mm. and at the end of their study they came to the conclusion that there were two things one they had to start adopting a more Western style of commerce. And Hmm. they did. 
they actually began more actual free trade. They started putting free trade cities in China where there was no extra taxes, where there were actually benefits for companies coming in, doing more business, where they did not have to hand over 50% of their profits to the communist government, all this kind of stuff. They changed the way they did business completely and modeled it after us. They didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Then it was so they had that, but also um, they saw that Russia democratized. They gave people the vote. Now, given it's been changed and the powers that be have changed the, you know, I'm sorry to say it, but Putin has, you know, basically stolen the last few elections and sent, does all the things that mm-hmm. fascist governments do and that they, you know, control the voting so that they stay in power. But, and that was not a commentary on anything else. I am being, <laughs> I am right. talking about that. But those were the two things they came to the conclusion of. And ever since then, they started implementing all those things. They've kept a tighter control publicly, a more uh, visual communist regime, a more tight, this is the way we do things. While under the surface, they really westernized the way they did business. So you've had more international stuff coming in. You have more international firms. You have more international production and entertainment. It's all been flowing in there at record amounts for the last 15 years. So they never had these movies. They never had access to all of this. You didn't have, you know, movie theaters in smaller towns. You didn't have access. And these things are popping up everywhere in a place where the population is almost triple ours. Right. They have more people. So that makes sense. So, I mean, they're even just catching up with us in numbers of movie theaters with just based on their population, their numbers can get infinitely higher than ours. Is is there such a thing as capitalist communists? <laughs> I mean, well, the thing it's sounding like right there. Well, the thing is, that's kind of how they started doing business. They didn't go full capitalist, but they did to a degree. They have kind of a hybrid system going, and it's why their economy started bouncing back as strong as it did. I guess they, I, they were very smart in the way they went about it because they kept they kept the illusion of the you know rigid communist structure of doing business and the truth is that's not it at all they're completely westernized now and 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 so i guess they're the personification of the old phrase money talks bullshit walks <laughs> i would i would say so and truthfully <laughs> they don't put up with much bullshit out there i'll tell you that <laughs> well i mean so far it seems like they're definitely doing something right because they're 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 killing it right now in well, box office scores let me tell you this is just from somebody who has been there and has talked to the business people the people on the street now given i have not had a lot of direct dealings with the politicians and stuff like that but i do have a general sense of the mindset and the way they look at it and i can tell you that no matter what the media or the politicians want to tell you china is a very different animal as a communist country than russia Okay, Russia has had a stated goal since the beginning of wiping us out. 
Yep. We are complete diametric opposites, and it has been an actual goal of theirs to wipe us off the planet at some point. China has never viewed us like that. Now, they, just like us, have some hawks in their military and in their politics who would rather they go about that. But China as a whole never really viewed us that way. They well, they're competitors. As that, com- that's exactly it. That's yeah. how they have always viewed us, as an economic rival, as mm-hmm. a competitor yeah. who they want to best. And yes, they want to show that they're better than, but they've never had that diametric opposition where it's been like, we cannot exist if they do. They've never viewed us like that. And the media and the politicians want to convince us that that's how China sees us. Now, maybe they have a few people in power or in politics who do. We have our own hawks who'd like to see us bombing everybody and taking over everything. They lo- you know, would love to return to the days of colonialism and everything else. But that doesn't mean that us as a country view it that way. And the truth is the general attitude amongst people of power. I mean, I was dealing with very powerful people who could pick up the phone and get government officials to listen to them in seconds. And the general attitude has never been one of, uh, it's never been an adversarial you know, attitude. It's never been, these people are our enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's something well, people I mean, really need to understand because as much as we are opposed and yes, there are many things that I do not agree with that their country does, you know, the, the religious oppression, the, mm-hmm. the re-education camps, all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, as economic rivals, we are better competing with them and driving ourselves to be better than we are trying to bring them to their knees. Yeah, and and you know, hopefully this is this will be this will be something that uh, we need in order to start improving what we have to in this well, in, in our economy. I mean, let's, this- let's throw it back to this. I mean, it's one of the largest markets in the world right now, and there is a reason why so many projects are taking into account what the worldwide and what the Asian market return will be. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't guarantee somebody, you know, a hundred million return on an American project, they weren't interested. Right. And now, now you can say, yes, this might not connect with our American audience, but guess what? This connects here and look at the type of numbers we can offer you. Mm-hmm. Well, like like I said, you know, I mean, this is something that uh, that we that hopefully our country will go ahead and uh, and and realize and start making some changes, some vast changes. I mean, again, we're we're right now in a very tumultuous time of year, which is uh, election year. So there's going to be changes, you know, in our communities, in our states, in our entire country. That uh, that that you know we the people are going to have to go ahead and evaluate and reevaluate uh, come November. So you know again I can't I can't stress this enough. Go and vote. This is something that you need to do. Uh, you have the right. Many people died for for our rights to vote, and you need to go and vote. It's something that needs to be needs to happen. Um, and this message goes out also to the younger voters obviously and also to even those those that can't vote just yet maybe their maybe their birthday is a month after uh the election but educate yourself on the issues 
in your in your local government. You know, educate yourself on the issues in our country. Educate yourself. Uh, ask questions. Ask your 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 you know the the people that are in charge questions that need to be asked. You know, make sure that you get out there. You understand what you're what you're trying to vote for. Can I um, soapbox right. for one second? Huh? Can I soapbox for one second? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me just finish this point real quick. This past weekend, I got I finished uh, watching uh, the West Wing. And uh, the Western reunion that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, beautifully done, by the way. They, they, the, the entire show is basically dedicated to our right to vote. And in between uh, scenes, instead of commercials, they had different, uh, you know, different uh, people, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, Bill Clinton, uh, Samuel Jackson, a bunch of different uh, figures that pretty much told us how important it is to vote. And one of them, was uh was was two of the actors of the original series and they kept thought they asked different uh questions they said uh, you know do you care about do you care about uh what job you're going to get then you care about politics do you care about education or college then you care about politics do you care about the well-being of other people then you care about politics so this is the reason why you need to go and vote. Do you care about where you're going to, you know, if you get sick, what's going to happen? Then you care about politics. These are all reasons why you need to go and vote. And that's that's why it's so important to go ahead and make sure that we get out there and we do our part. So. Absolutely. Right. Right. You can't complain in, 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 unless you're actually exercising your voice and definitely voting that's simple absolutely and you know people get out there and vote no matter where you are in your beliefs your political leanings everything get out there and vote we have to utilize this right but here's another reminder and it's something that we got to remember because we have never been more divided. I want to quote my one of my absolute favorite comedians and a wonderful guy Chris Titus talked about this in a great special he did called Amerigeddon. And the truth is, we all have to get together to fix this bitch. That's Mm it. The politicians aren't going to do it. They stay in office and do what they do by keeping us divided. True. Right. But if we get together, MAGA hats, pink pussy hats, we all get together and figure it out and show up on their doorstep, they're the ones who are screwed. Mm -hmm. And we work out our issues and figure out that, oh, right, it's us against them, not us against us. Mm -hmm. And it's the truth. It it really is the truth. We don't have to agree on everything, but we got to get along if we're going to make this work. Unless we want to go the way of all the great empires, we have to figure out a way to come together as a people again. Mm-hmm. And and politicians do. have separated us. I don't give a damn what side you're on. They all do it. It's how yep. they stay in office. You know, it's us against them mentality. And the fact is, us citizens, it is us against the politicians because they are not living by the same rules we live by. They do not live by the same economy we live by. They don't live by a single thing that anybody in this country knows as reality. 
And, and yet and, we still depend on these people and are more loyal to them than our own friends and family and neighbors. And that's and that's true. And, and the thing is that we do have the power. Like we do have the power. And, you know, by 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 having that power, I mean, let, let me put it this way. This this past weekend, uh, Cuomo went ahead and interviewed Ice Cube. Because I, yeah, getting, I saw that. Yeah, he was getting he was getting backlash because he was supporting Trump, and Ice yeah, let's, Cube. Let's hold on. Let's let's rephrase. Let's rephrase that. Well, I was going to get to that. I was. <laughs> I was well, guys. I was getting there. Okay, let me get yeah. there. What happened was that he clarified in the interview. He clarified and said, "I'm not supporting anybody." I'm not going for one or the other. Just so happens that the Trump camp got back to me than the Biden camp did. And all I want to do is I want to talk to the person that's in power. And right now, that's the president of the United States that's in power. I don't care who it is, he said. I don't care if it's Biden. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care. As long as it's somebody in power that's going to give me an opportunity to share my platform with them. And that's the truth, because at the end of the day, we, the people, have that voice. We have that power to put that person in power and be able to speak to them and say, hey, these are the issues that need to be talked about. These are the issues that we need to know. I don't care what you what what, you know, political affiliation you're with, just as long as you listen to my voice and you listen to the people's voice, because that's what's important right now. It doesn't I don't care who you are. I don't care, you know, what kind of what kind of politics you're playing. I don't care what propaganda you're putting out there. I don't care as long as you're able to help fix this problem. That's all I care about. And that's pretty much what Ice Cube said. I love that. I love how he he put because Cuomo was trying to like twist his words around. I saw that too. I hate it when journalists do that. And but but Ice Cube he kept his cool and he's like you know no no I, I the media and everything are trying to go ahead and you know mess everything or twist it, twist my words around. No that's that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I saw. And then the best part is that Cuomo started backpedaling. He's like well no I just wanted to be sure I understand what's going on. It's like, yeah, you, you phrase that after you were trying to go ahead and put him under the bus. That's brilliant backpedaling right there by you. I just, I, I don't like it when journalists do that. And, and right. the thing is that in my opinion, I feel that they felt that, you know, because he's a rapper, He's probably not intelligent and I'll be able to go ahead and mess with his head and twist his words around and ask him questions. that's going to go ahead and make him, you know, put his foot in his mouth. Not even a little bit. You're dealing with an individual who is very intelligent and very passionate about the issues that are at hand, which is Ice Cube. I have a lot of respect for Ice Cube for that reason, because he doesn't it doesn't matter who you are. He said it best. I only care about who's in power that's going to help me with what I'm trying to do right now. And that is what matters at the end of it all. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I've told you I've been very involved in politics and while doing Growing Pains, had the privilege of of being involved with a lot of people in power. I've worked with people who were you know, liberals, conservatives. I worked directly with Barbara Bush on her Education Now campaign for kids. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've 
I've worked with a lot of different people, and the truth is, it doesn't matter political party or belief. It's about getting the right stuff done, and you should be willing to work with whoever can help do that. I very much respected what Ice Cube had to say, and you know, you you referenced Cuomo as a journalist, and he may have been filling that role at that moment, but he's not a journalist. He's a politician, and he was trying to twist. Ice Cube's words, like all politicians do,、mm-hmm. you know, plain and simple. He's not a journalist, and the unfortunate truth is, most people who call them journalists themselves journalists today do exactly what he was doing. He's so, more of a political of analyst. I feel, I feel like Chris and、uh, Don Lemon just on the show. Those two people. I mean, every every program has their own bias. I feel like they kind of push the envelope as interviewers. And taking things to fit whatever their viewpoint is. I mean, it is not like well, every 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 news every news outlet does that. It doesn't matter、yeah. if it's CNN or if、Some、it's Fox. Another though. It, well, you、so. know what, though, Lonnie? I mean, we can't really we can't really、uh, generalize that because it all depends on who's in office. Because remember,、yeah. Fox is ran by Republicans, and、True. CNN is ran by Democrats. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if there was a Democrat in office. CNN is gonna like do nothing but praise this person, you know, and Fox is going to bash this person. If it's the other way around, like it currently is, it, that's exactly what it is because they all have a hidden political agenda. And you know, I mean, like right now you're seeing that off of CNN because CNN, you know, because Donald Trump is a Republican and CNN is Democratic based, so they're gonna bash him as much as possible to go ahead and and make、Same、sure. Same way Fox did with. President Obama. Exactly. Yeah, it, it exactly. goes both ways. It goes both ways. One and- thing you and I have talked about over and over is the the fair reporting in journalism. And I've talked about this with you. It's one of the reasons why I still follow the BBC a lot more closely than I follow any of our news outlets because they still have laws in place that state you have to have fair and balanced reporting. It still has to give. A true account of both sides. Both sides of the issue get equal airtime to make their point. That is still how journalism is done in the UK and on the BBC. Those laws are still in place. Unfortunately、right. for us, in the 70s, a large cabal, for better, for lack of a better word, of conservatives who were working under Nixon, pushed forward laws that wiped that off the books in the United States. And ever since, we have had one-sided, completely biased journalism. And, and, and it's it's one of the things. Sorry to cut you off. It's、yeah. one of the things that makes me really respect certain journalists and newscasters who may be working for a biased news outlet. And yet, they're still willing to point out the truth. They're still willing to point out the mistakes that their president or their candidate or whatever is making. You know, the people on CNN and on the more liberal news media outlets, the ones who were willing to actually criticize Obama when he was wrong and bring up things that he did that were not right at the time. I respect that, and it made them stand out to me. The same way that right now, the reporters on Fox who are willing to call out President Trump for his mistakes, I respect that greatly. It has brought the people who still have 
journalistic integrity mm-hmm. to the forefront. I mean, you have you See, have people I, like I you, you, not oh, to cut you guys off or interject where where I can actually give Cuomo um, some credit, if you will. I and I don't don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen to the interviews because I heard bits and pieces of it. But I think he was just questioning Ice Cube about why he would even trust the Trump administration, why he would trust that if they got back to him, that that meant that they were really considering him because of their their track record. And so in that sense, I don't think that that was a bad thing for him to question him like that. Well, 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 he, he went ahead and started doing that after pretty much Ice Cube put him in his place. And he started yeah. backpedaling a little bit because he was like, okay, I'm dealing with somebody that actually can hold a intelligent conversation. And the thing is that like, like, you know, touching back to what Jeremy said earlier, Cuomo's not a journalist per se. He's more of a political analyst. And that, well, he was an attorney for a long time before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he's going to be an analyst. Yeah. And, right. and the thing is that, I mean, you, you know, it, it's crazy because I mean, the Wolf Blitzer, I respect mm-hmm. him as a journalist. Chris Wallace, oh, yeah. I respect him as a journalist because they are journalists. Like you said, Jeremy, they both still have journalistic integrity because look at Wolf Blitzer. He went ahead and questioned Nancy Pelosi as to why people haven't gotten their stimulus check yet. Right. And then you have Wallace that questions Trump as to, you know, why, you know, you're doing this and this is right. wrong what you're doing. They're both part of you know a political network a democratic and liberal network and yet they still ask the real questions like they still they're neutral they remain they 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 had their neutrality which is really good they still have that a little bit so they, they I mean, strive for it they're, exactly they're still, everybody has a bias in my opinion exactly exactly so <laughs> i mean i don't dude sorry folks that we got into political <laughs> discussions here but you can't right now like you can't avoid a political discussion right now every it's everywhere hard not to it's sure. it's very difficult not to it's everywhere especially when we're talking about the the economy you know whether it's an entertainment or any type of economy it's still going to affect us one way or the other it's still going to affect us and that's part of politics again if you care about where your money comes from you're interested in politics go vote that's the bottom line so in uh let's get back to entertainment news here in other entertainment news uh zachary ty Bryan, who played uh the older brother brad uh brad taylor in the old 90s uh, sitcom uh, home improvement was arrested on friday night in eugene oregon after neighbors called uh for help following a, a scuffle that he had at an apartment complex in the town. Uh, and basically the, the police came, uh, they saw that Zachary was out front on a porch, just sitting there across from where the victim was. The victim turns out to be, uh, turned out to be a girlfriend that, uh, that Zachary is with. And uh, they, the victim claimed that uh, Zachary allegedly put his hands around her throat and squeezed. So he, he basically uh, was, was arrested and he was charged with um 
He was charged with uh, strangulation, fourth degree assault, and interfering with making a report because apparently he he tried to take the the victim's phone away from her uh, and uh, make sure that she didn't call the police or something to that effect. So he's still actually uh, last 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 anybody's heard he's still in custody. Uh, they went ahead and did a mugshot, and uh, let me tell you, his mugshot looks really creepy. He looks almost like yeah. like he would be a serial killer. It's weird how he looks. He definitely doesn't. Doesn't look like uh, like the same person that the, that we knew, the same actor that we knew, and that's a little tragic to hear something like that. I mean, the, the guy had a lot of potential. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, he he went a little bit bigger with his career, and I don't know, I don't know where 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 his where everything went south for him. Well, I just read recently, and I don't know if this is, you know, came from two pretty credible outlets that he just recently announced his divorce from uh, his wife, from a mother of his kids. So, you know, not to get in his business, but maybe right now might be a time to sort of take a step back and reflect. And But, but was that his wife or his girlfriend? Uh, the yeah. the assault was with the girlfriend. Yeah, the assault was with the girlfriend. But I read, and this is just in several articles today, that he just recently. This comes just weeks after he announced his divorce. Yes, from- he he uh, ended. I believe it was a fourteen year marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, very recently. Yeah. And you know, divorce is never easy. So who knows mm-hmm. what his mindset is? But coming from that world and the struggles that a former child star faces um you know i feel for my old friend i don't know where he where he's at mentally or what he's dealing with at the moment um it's just sad to see and yes that picture that mugshot did bother me although let's let's walk it back from the uh, you know serial killer look he you know as as somebody who unfortunately has a couple mugshots um the thing <laughs> you do are, I gotta see I gotta see those <laughs> yes I do <laughs> unfortunately yes I do there we are have a couple, rebel in our midst there are a couple out there I have one too so it's not a big deal <laughs> the thoughts that are going through your head depending on the magnitude of what you are facing that is Mm -hmm. something that you cannot control how that's going to make you look the thoughts that are racing through your head in that moment when you have no idea what you're facing when you realize how badly you have screwed up it is a moment that you can't describe it really is so I I, I can't take that as him being one way or the other but he's obviously struggling with something right now i hope that he has not had a predilection for abuse and things like this i i hope this is a isolated incident in which he's been struggling with something um and i hope he gets some help he was uh you know we weren't best of friends but i was on the set of home improvement a lot and him and i were buddies and um you know it's just it's hard to see and you know um struggling with the lack of success struggling with whatever finding his way i don't know what he's dealing with i haven't spoken to him in many many years but uh you know 
we can get really lost really quick. You know, like that. Uh, as young actors, we are not taught life skills. That's the one yeah. thing. It's not, you know, yeah, there's lots of drugs and alcohol around. There's lots of yes men. There's lots of things that mm-hmm. go into the behaviors that a lot of us show when we get out of the industry. But the biggest, in my opinion, has always been we're not taught life skills mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and then most of us are. Be, reach adulthood or dumped on our own and then they go all right figure it out right. the things most people have learned over the last you know eight years ten years of how to take care of themselves how to just manage life mm-hmm. we grew up having people doing that for us you know yeah, whether it was I, our parents our managers this. our mm-hmm. whoever it was always taken care of for you yeah you've and talked that, about this before jeremy and i kind of liken it to like a young athlete you know and Mm -hmm. who got it gets a scholarship and then goes pro and never really like you like you say never really has to learn like life skills and social skills and how you're supposed to interact with people because your entire life just been on this fast track to success and you've been successful but yet you're never taught other things that you need to know along the way. So I feel for him. I definitely feel for his children. Um, Very much so. He had a large family and they're pretty young. So because it said that the most recent child was born in 2019 and then he's got twins too who are pretty young. So my um, heart goes out to the kids because, you know, with the age of social media right now, a picture of your dad posted on there, a mugshot is not good. No. No, anyway. not, at, not at all. And and going back to what uh, what you said, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, looking back at the picture, I mean, he looks like a little bit, in, in a sense, he his facial expression is that of somebody that I can't believe this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of is what he. That's kind of what he what he looks a little bit. You know, um, and and I think that's probably what he was what's going through because as a person that also has a mugshot too, I have one too. Um, at the time that it happened, I was kind of like thinking to myself okay i'm what now (laughs) you know luckily it wasn't anything serious it was just something really stupid but you know i mean i didn't hurt anybody you know nothing nothing like that but it's still it was it was something that i was gonna have to pay for financially because it was you know something that that i did and you know, you ask yourself, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to go ahead and do this? I mean, this, this is going to, this, this, this is going to cost me a little bit because it's, you know, something, something that I, that I caused. It was something that I did. And luckily, you know, no one was hurt, but still it was something stupid. And hey guys, I think I'm the only one in this trio without a mugshot. Just saying. <laughs> we'll give you, we'll, you know, we'll, 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 give you time. we'll give you time on that one. Don't worry about it. You know, well, let, hanging, let me, hanging out, let me, hanging out with us, that will fix that. Yeah, we can fix that quick. <laughs> so let me give you a little transparency here. So, I was picked up for DUI. That was my last mugshot. Hopefully, my last ever. But that was my relapse. And at the time that happened. I was the spokesperson for the recovery program that had helped get me sober. And I had relapsed and I got a DUI and I now knew this was going public. I knew that everybody I had tried to help would be losing faith in me. I knew that I would have to go to the people at the recovery clinic who I loved and respected and was so grateful to and tell them that I had blown it. 
and that I had, you know, basically disgraced their program publicly. Mm. There was so many thoughts going through my head. I was so disappointed in myself. I was so ashamed. I was so, I was so despondent that I, I had let so many people down. It was a question of where do I go from here? How do I even move forwards? It was, there were so many messed up thoughts going through my head at that moment. And you know what? I mean, you know, full disclosure, I mean, as well, since Jeremy's being transparent, I'll be transparent. Likewise, my my mugshot was due to a DUI as well. Um, it's common. It's very common here in California. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, it's very, very common, common here. Uh, and I was I wasn't even that bad. I was one point over the legal limit. And I, I was in the, on you the mean freeway. point one. If you were point. one point over the legal limit, yeah. you were well past. And okay, okay. Point this. one, point one over the legal <laughs> limit. There you go. Uh, if you want to be technical about it, but um, <laughs> the thing is that like the way I was I, I, happened to me is that I skipped the lane. I was on the freeway. I was actually on the one hundred and one, and I the one hundred and one where the one hundred and one and the one thirty four meet, and there's a, that's a hot spot for for California Highway Patrol. Mm-hmm. And I ended up skipping a lane to catch my exit. And that's where they got me. That's how they got me. And I was, I was actually, you know, again, I was, I was uh, intoxicated, but not so horrible that I was going to crash or anything. I, I can, you know, I was able to hold my own. Of Wait, course, that's mitigating that, it. it. Well, there's no excuse. There's, there's no excuse really. Exactly. I, was, I was, I was stupid. I was stupid. Either way, I was stupid. So that was actually, in a sense, that was actually the wake up call I needed to go ahead and get myself, you know, you know, get myself, get my head out of my ass and stop doing stupid things. And I never did it again. I never, that was a lesson learned that I needed to learn. But when it happened, I was just like, like Jeremy said, you you have so many thoughts going into your head about how many people you let down. And the thoughts that were going into my head was my mom. My mom, was, my mom uh, she was alive at the time and she, I was just like, what is she going to say? What is yeah. she going to think of me? What, 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 what is she going to do? My dad, you know, he already, we already had enough problems as it was. Here I come with a big problem, you know, right. in, in, you know, to their laps. And I was, uh, I was just so like, all these things were going to my head. And it's so funny because I was one of the first people to be let out of the, the, the drunk tank. Um, cause I was actually very cordial with the arresting officers. I was actually making jokes because at that point I was like, well, why not? You know I mean? I'm already in here. Why not start joking around? I mean, uh, you know, when he was booking me, I went up to the booking officer and I'm like, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, don't believe anything. This person's telling me he stole my uniform. Um, he's wearing my uniform right now. Uh, we changed clothes. I mean, he knocked me out. He's, he's arrested me right now but that really this he's the one that's you know at fault he was just laughing he's like oh my god this guy um I, he was like so cool to the point that he was gonna be one of the first ones to be let go in the morning i was like thank you i appreciate that and true to his word i was but that entire time because they had us in the drunk tank and then they transferred us over to the cells 
And what? I'm sorry, sorry, not to interrupt you, Xander. I just it's, this is a serious thing, but the fact that you called it the drunk tank—it's <laughs> true. But that's what it was. That's what it does. That's what it was. Pretty much. Well, it was. That is what that is what they classify it as. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. yeah, that's exactly what they classify it as. And the thing is that when they tra- like that entire time, what felt like hours or, or what was what was just a few hours felt like days in there. Like it just felt like, and it was only, it wasn't that, I was only in there for about maybe three hours, but it felt like I was in there for like two days because it was just such a long process. And I, the entire time you're just thinking about the stupidity that you just did and you just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then you're thinking, okay, what next? Where do I go from here? You know, what's going to happen next? I mean, all these thoughts are just going through your head. So, I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I feel for 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 Zachary Ty Bryan. You know, obviously mine wasn't as serious, and neither was Jeremy's as serious as what he's going through right now, because we're talking about a physical assault, and that's those are pretty right. big charges. So, you know, I mean, I hope that uh, I hope that he doesn't get uh, the book thrown at him or anything like that. And I hope that this experience, you know, mm-hmm. makes him come out, come has him come out the other side a better person. And, uh, you know, maybe this is this is the wake up call that he needs to go ahead and maybe fix his life around. Who knows what he's going through? So, you know, we'll just go ahead and see what happens with all that. In other entertainment news, Reese Witherspoon teases originally uh, original legal. uh, I can't even talk. Original (laughs) legally blonde. It's a a tongue twister uh, reunion cast reunion and this is all to uh benefit to raise money for the world central kitchen uh that that she's uh that that they're working towards she went on social media and she posted a video and it said quote oh oh my god (laughs) oh my god you guys (laughs) she actually actually, this is is the way i'm reading it because she put oh my god in and she spelled it o-h-m-i-g-o-d one word so this is pretty much how it goes oh my god you guys (laughs) it's a legally blonde reunion we laughed we cried and we may or may not have done the bend and snap for old time's sake or (laughs) god the bend and snap I remember that. Uh, for the first time in 20 years, join me and the hashtag Legally Blonde cast tomorrow at 3.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the at Hello Sunshine YouTube channel. P.S. Don't you want to see if Elle and Warner finally make up? <laughs> so, so that I, I got to tell you guys, you know, full disclosure on this one. I love that movie. I actually love that movie. It was very inspirational. Um, I I just, I thought that Reese Witherspoon did an incredible job. Uh, Obviously, you know, she's she's another one of my many crushes that I have because she's just so drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, But she did an incredible job in that movie. I love that. I even love the sequel. I actually saw the sequel to it and I was like, dude, this is, this is a good movie. Um, But uh, definitely not, not as good as the first one. And, and this is really cool that they're doing uh they're doing kind of a a reunion a reunion to the cast it and all for a good cause i have to say i'd be more excited if you were announcing today that big little lies was coming back for another season oh god I love, 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 love that project uh, that she's involved in. Mm. Reese Witherspoon has her hands in a lot of really cool things. Yeah, she really does. And I really love Little Fires Everywhere, another show that she produced and starred in on Hulu. So if you were saying that those were coming back right now with something new, though everyone's saying that they will, 
I'd be even more excited. But I definitely will watch. Well, that's definitely that. That that's. I think I think Reese Witherspoon is an incredibly talented actress, and she definitely knows she has a, she has an eye and an ear for for uh, for innovation. Mm-hmm. So you know, and proof is in the stuff that she's involved in in right now. Well, so yeah. I mean, you this- know, look at a lot of the a lot of great actors and actresses are have moved beyond into production and mm-hmm. you know actual the creative side of it um look at drew drew barrymore you know she was one of the first of this generation to really step aside and start making all her own films starting all her own projects and these are not even projects that she's acting in you know Mm -hmm. she's producing films tv shows Mm -hmm. all sorts of different projects that are things that she's not even people don't even know she's a part of because she's behind the scenes um it's a really awesome time for a performer right now to have those options and if you have the creative ability you have the connections and you have the finances behind you you can really do something and reese you know as we've seen she's had a knack for bringing things that people are going to find intriguing and that people are going to connect with yep agreed agreed and and this is definitely for a good cause so this will go ahead and take place uh tomorrow uh so make sure you go ahead and check that out on youtube and uh go ahead and support feel free to support it's for a good cause so you know definitely go ahead and check that out uh coming up next in uh sports the dodgers make the world series and um uh cody gets a dislocated shoulder um we'll talk a little bit about how that all happened but first here is zicada's poison right here on the xander effect
Ariani Celeste. This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Maricela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID the Kick and Creek. Welcome to the place to be.
was Allie's Because of You right here on the Xander Effect. In sports, the Dodgers have made it to the World Series, and I cannot be happier. I mean, we have the Lakers that won the NBA championship. I mean, is it possible that LA might have two champions, you know, in our midst? I mean, that <laughs> you know, that'd be huge. I mean, if only if only the Chargers or the or the Rams would actually do something, you know, that'd be a different story. But yeah, so far we got we it looks like we got everything locked as far as uh, basketball goes. We'll, we'll have will we have everything locked for baseball as well? I mean, right now it was an incredible series between the Dodgers and the Braves. So much so that Cody Bellinger dislocated his shoulder in a home run celebration. I mean, he claims that he's good, but uh, he did he did hear something pop as soon as he he celebrated with uh with his uh, with his uh, with his uh, you know friends and everything with his uh, with his players and everything. So, but man, I mean this this is this is definitely something that we were expecting. The Dodgers. They're very hungry to get back uh, into the World Series contention. Can they win it though? Can will they win it this time? Will they actually close the deal? That is the real question, you guys. I mean, what do you guys think? Jeremy, I'll let you speak first because this is personal for you. You got it. Um, <laughs> truthfully, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that they made it through. They came back from a 3-1 deficit against a very strong, young Atlanta Braves squad. I'm very happy that Dave Roberts managed to stay out of his own way in handling the bullpen and the pitchers. Unfortunately, it was still very nail-biting time because he did what Dave Roberts tends to do, and he didn't trust the arms that have gotten us here. The Dodgers have the best bullpen in the league. Now, they've struggled a little bit in the postseason, but they had the best ERA, one of the highest rates of strikeout, one of the lowest rates of walks all through the season. And yet, we get to game four, I believe it was, four or five, and he decides, yeah, let's throw Clayton Kershaw out there when he's not 100% healed from the back injury he's yeah. dealing with. Yep. And then, of course, Kershaw implodes. I wonder why he's pitching injured. And now the Dodgers are down 3-1. to one. That's a problem for me. And then there's rumors that he was considering pitching him in Game 7 on short rest. That's just stupid. Anybody yeah. who knows anything about baseball will tell you that's stupid. And yet he was still considering it. These are the things that worry me as a Dodgers fan. These are the reasons why I wanted Dave Roberts let go two years ago. Is He is a wonderful manager in a lot of ways. But he does not seem to know how to manage a bullpen and his pitchers properly. And that still very much worries me going up against a really tough squad like Tampa Bay. Now, you know, no, Tampa Bay is not the big name. It's not the Yankees. It's not the Astros, who a lot of Dodger fans were hoping to get a little revenge on. It's not the Red Sox. It's not any of the East Coast royalty. But what people don't seem to realize, or at least people who aren't big baseball fans who were following this whole year, these are the two teams everybody expected. These were the two favorites in both leagues. 
The Tampa Bay Devil Rays were favored over every other team. The Yankees, the Sox, everybody. These were the two best teams. We have number one in the National League versus number one in the American League. Mm -hmm. So this is not a shock to anybody who really follows baseball. They are the carbon copy of us on a smaller budget. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do really well, they do just a fraction less well. It's, it's, it's a very eerily similar team. The one place we have a huge advantage on them is offense. That's the only place where we really, as a team, have a, have a large discrepancy. And that worries me because with a manager that you can't really trust to manage your arms, man, their pitchers could just outshine us. If their manager manages their pitchers better, I'm still really worried about this. I think offensively, we should be able to just wipe the floor with this team. But I am always a little hesitant when, you know, like I said, I don't have full faith in our manager, unfortunately. Wow. Well, I really think that I'll just add my two cents or more. And I think it's really cool that this is all happening and has happened under the umbrella of the pandemic right now. The fact that these guys have been in a bubble and away from their families and have sort of had to create a family within the team. I listened to uh, some of the post game and just just the excitement. I'm really excited for LA. I'm also excited and I think it's kind of cool that they'll be um, continuing to host the drive-in um, viewing of, of the World Series um, where people can pay from what I understand if you, if you choose to do so in your car um, $75 per car to watch the game on uh, the big screens um, at Dodger Stadium parking lot so so, so that way fans can still sort of feel like they're involved I, I think it it's still sad that they can't experience it the regular way but I, I do think that it's um, pretty exciting. The Dodgers, listen, I haven't really been following that much. If I root for baseball, I tend to lean toward my hometown team, the Pirates. But the Dodgers better win. That's all I'm going to say. They better win. It's going to be <laughs> – it's definitely going to be a toss-up. I mean, you know, like like Jeremy said, I mean, they're very, they're very similar. So it's going to be an interesting series to watch. That's for damn sure. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we got to root for the home team. And uh, here's here's hoping that the Dodgers, uh, you know, make waves and actually get the job done this time. There's this time, this time 32 years and counting, baby. Hey, you know what, though? This time there cannot be any excuses. There's no there's no there's not going to be any controversy afterward. Everything is going to be just left out on that field. The no, way it's, I guess, hey, it's supposed to be. Hey, hey, guys! Just a little bit of baseball trivia and history. How long had it taken Chicago, the Cubs, to win? Was a hundred and eight years, I believe. Yeah, this okay. guy's a freaking. This guy's a freaking human encyclopedia. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't want to wait 108 years, okay? I'm not planning on being here that long. I want it now. (laughs) I'll give you a little story. I was supposed to be at that 88 game. Oh, man. I'm not kidding. With Tommy Lasorda? I was supposed to be there for that game. My dad's work buddy had season tickets, and he was not going to be using them. He was unable to make the game, and he gave the two tickets to my dad, and my dad was going to be taking me. 
here's the problem. He forgot to bring the tickets to work to uh, give to my dad. Uh, and wow. he promised that after work, he was going to run home, pick them up, and drop them off at my dad's house. And he didn't. Uh, uh, that's and good. we uh, ended up not, you know, not being there. Uh, so the disappointment. Would have been awesome to be there to see the shot heard around the world. And, uh, you know, I would have loved to have been there for that part of Dodger history. But, man, it's been a long time in coming. And, you know, people don't realize the Dodgers were one of the most consistent franchises for decades. From the 1950s on, the Dodgers won at least two World Series every decade. And this is before they became the LA Dodgers, right? This is when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers still, right? Yeah, that was when they won their first championship. But every decade from the 50s on, they won at least two championships, two World Series. One of the most consistent franchises through that period of time. So to have a 32-year drought in such a major market. It's tough. And to have it honestly be a reflection of the mismanagement of the team for so long. Um it's just, it's really a long time in coming, and anybody who bleeds Dodger Blue has been absolutely chomping at the bit for this. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and man, you bring back the 80s Dodgers. I mean, you're talking about the Lasorda era, the freaking Tommy <laughs> Lasorda era. Lasorda, the Fernando, Socha, Valen- the, the Fernando Valenzuela. Fernando Valenzuela. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was the team. That was the team, bro. It was one of the great teams, great arms. And again, people don't realize this. If the Dodgers are able to pull this off, this will be one of the first times that they've won as a true favorite. The Dodgers have a tendency to win their championships as underdogs. And people don't realize going into the 88 season, they were a huge underdog. Um, I don't think we had anybody bat over 300 that year. Yeah. You know, we didn't have, I mean, we had great pitchers, you know, the Bulldog, Oral Hershiser setting his records. All those things went right for us, but it was a gritty, scrappy team who won by doing the little things. They didn't have huge superstar names throughout the lineup. I mean, they beat the the Oakland A's who had McGuire and Canseco Mm -hmm. and Ricky Henderson and Dave Stewart Mm -hmm. and all these guys. And the Dodgers were the plucky little underdog. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And, and, And the thing is that, like, I mean, I'm just... You know, this is the, the third consecutive uh, trip to the to the no, World Series. Three out of four. Three out of four. Three out of we four. Didn't oh, go last year. Oh, I thought we went last year. Okay. No, Washington so, took us out in the. Uh, oh, that's the right. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, we've we've pretty been we've been consistent in going to the World Series. Um, you know, these past these past few years. I mean, minus last year. We have to close. We have to close it. Yeah. We they have to close. We cannot be known as the team that never closes the deal. Mm-hmm. This is this is ridiculous. So you mean the Braves. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is it too soon? I think it's too soon. Um, but yeah, we we need to we need to get in there. We need to get in there. We need to win. And I think, like I like I said with the Lakers, I have a feeling that this could be it. This could be it. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, game one is coming up. We'll go ahead and see how they do game one and, uh, you know, every game after that. So we'll have just uh, have to wait. One and game out. at a time. One game at a time. In other sports news, uh, 
a very sore subject for me. The Packers lose against Tampa Bay. Let me tell you this much right now. I hate it when number 12 loses against number 12. And when I say number 12, I mean Aaron Rodgers uh, loses against freaking Tom Shady. I mean, Tom Brady. I keep, I, I keep, I keep bringing that up. Um, so, yeah. And it was so it, it was even more of a of a slap in the face after Aaron Rodgers uh, went ahead and did the Hingle McCringleberry celebration. It was just too early to celebrate because shortly after that Tampa Bay came back with a fury and it was their defense just could not let the Packers get anything done um you know but Rodgers pretty much you know he sees it as a good thing he sees it as something that they needed uh they lost they lost 30 to 10 really bad loss um but uh you know he basically he basically said it was quote we needed a kick in the ass a little bit because they got a little bit cocky i mean uh, i'm assuming that the packers are thinking okay well this is this is tom brady and this isn't his team this isn't the patriots anymore so we'll be able to do a lot more wrong very wrong um it was something that uh it was something that uh that definitely uh shook the Packers and even Matt LaFleur, Coach Matt LaFleur, he even said for the Packers, he even said, quote, our practice this week was not up to our standard. The guys have developed uh, the first year and a half. That's what happened today. You practice like crap. You go out and play like crap. He didn't mince words. He was straight up with it. And that's that's something that I kind of admire off of Coach LaFleur. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a tough loss for the Packers. And hopefully, you know, I mean, we had a, you know, the Packers had a week off. So hopefully they'll take this loss and run with it. And, uh, you know, mistakes were made. And they'll go ahead and rectify those mistakes in the coming, in the coming weeks. Uh, I got to say I was rather shocked. Um, Rodgers is not known as a showboat. Yeah. Tell me about it. And to see him celebrate that early only to turn around and throw, what was it, two or three interceptions? Yep. Now, I know one of them was the tip ball, so you can't really put that on him. Yeah. But the other one was a pretty bad interception. And that's, you know, him losing focus, whatever it was. But to celebrate that early and then play so poorly after that and given you got to give Tampa's defense credit it was just it was a little shocking to see coming from Aaron he usually is the type who can um, you know raise his game to a higher level uh, but hey let's let's throw a little praise to Tampa's way they're starting to get it together a little bit you know maybe Tom's feeling a little little more comfortable in the offense and let's not forget um, man the pack could not stop RJ3 man yeah, Ronald Jones was running all over that defense, yep. and if you give Tom Brady a running back to take some pressure off of him, you know that changes the ball game a lot. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely something that uh, that was a shock to our, to all of us, and uh, I don't know, it's it's crazy. I mean, Lonnie, you know, you're you're a Pittsburgh fan, you know. I mean, your your team's doing well, your team's undefeated. Yeah. You're yeah, happy. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you, what's your take on this type of a loss for the Packers? 
you know, last year we didn't have a good season. Last season, our season, and the Packers are four and one. They'll bounce back. It's still early. That's what I say. Hey, I did not see Aaron Rodgers. What did he do when he celebrated? What did he do? What's the big deal, <laughs> you guys? Jeremy, you want to take I that mean, one? I, no, you can explain it. <laughs> basically, basically, he uh, he went into the end zone and uh, did kind of a hip thrust. Uh, they they uh, really? They, yeah. Again, it's something that's uncharacteristic for 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 Aaron Rodgers. He never does anything like that, and right. it was. It was just so out of place, and it was talked about all through social media. Everybody was talking about it. I mean, it was crazy because he did the Hinkleberry uh, thing, and Hinkleberry, I believe that's from Key and Peel. Um, right. And you know, he did he did the he did the whole the same thrust that Hinkleberry did on there, and that's what they were talking about. Um, I guess he's trying to like you know let go of the discount double check that he used to do whenever he got in the end zone whenever he got a touchdown. Uh, so he's trying to do something new, but I guess that came back and bit him in the ass, for, you know, because they lost ten, uh, you know, thirty eight to ten, and that's something else that they were talking about afterward, saying that yeah, you you celebrated a little bit premature there, buddy. Um, you might want to you know calm down because last year, as everybody knows, we were undefeated for the majority of the season. It was only until late on later on in the season that we started getting losses here and there. So I think that maybe the Packers felt the same way this year that they were going to have, you know, a, a great undefeated streak for a long to the longest time, maybe even go all the way undefeated. Maybe that was their thought process. And they got a little bit cocky, like really cocky. And that was something that pretty much was talked about. And uh, that's what they were. That's what social media was a buzz about. Uh, the fact of the matter that Aaron Rodgers was celebrating, he was pretty much, you know, talking crap to the other team. Uh, him and Sue also had some words as well, but they're their, their rivalry stems from from. I was past. gonna say their feud goes way back. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Sue oh, pretty yeah. much has, you know, you know, treated Aaron Rodgers like crap. He's stepped on his hand. Oh, uh, in, and a no, you gotta you gotta remember cleats. that was that was during Sue's really. He was a scumbag during that time. I'll say Wasn't that right still now. is to be honest. I don't like I, that guy. Honestly, he has gotten it under control. He has not. He has not been that same dirty player for the last three or four years. True. He made some changes, and I have some respect for that. But he, at one time, was a scumbag player. He oh, went totally. out of his way to try and injure people. Totally. He stepped on multiple guys with you know sharp cleats. He went after Rogers' hand. He mm-hmm. went after a receiver's groin. He, he stepped on a guy's head. If the guy didn't have a face mask, he would have permanently Eek. scarred him. Oh, yeah. This no, guy he was, was very a, dirty. a complete scumbag at one point. Yeah, so, he was very dirty. And unfortunately, at that time, he was with the the Lions, Mm -hmm. who are one of the The biggest rivals. And Aaron Rodgers was subject to a lot of his dirty play. So no matter if he's changed or not, Rodgers hates that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he tried to end his career. I mean, you don't like... This guy's like what five hundred pounds of nothing but yeah, he, fatness. He's a, big, he's a big boy, and and he is, and he goes ahead while Rogers is on the floor. He steps on Rogers' hand with cleats, oh my puts all his oh my weight on there. I mean, you even saw in slow motion the agony in Rogers' face. Like, ow, dude, that what what are you doing? You know, this is my, this is that's his career right there. That's that's a career ender. Like his yeah. the quarterback's hands, they need that to throw the ball. Oh, yeah. And here comes this idiot 
and puts his cleats and steps on his on the man's hands that's his livelihood you don't do that that's i mean there's dirty play and there's just downright just just being an asshole about it you know trying to go ahead and destroy someone's career how would he like it if somebody came and clipped his freaking ankles or broke his knees on purpose it would be honestly it would be well deserved because somebody like that deserves a wake-up call like that you know and that's what I, that's why i don't like sue i never like sue and i don't and like rogers i'm never gonna like that guy i don't you know i don't like dirty players like that because that's taking it too far you're you're messing with a person's career at that point you know? i have never liked anybody who is going to risk someone's career in all sports Ryan. sometimes a message needs to be sent agreed I'll compare it to baseball. A pitcher needs to plunk someone occasionally. You mm-hmm. have to protect your team. What you don't do mm-hmm. is put a 95 mile, mile an hour fastball into somebody's ear. Mm-hmm. Because Ooh. you are not only risking their life, you are risking their career. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you do something like that, you put it in their hip or their ribs or their leg. Any reputable pitcher who has to send a message like that does that. You do not risk someone's career or life. You know, there have been players who took a fastball to the head who have gone blind, who've never played a game again. There have been players who took a fastball in the head who have died. You don't do that stuff. There are ways to send a message. There are ways to stand up for your team without risking somebody's livelihood and life. Yeah. And, and like, let me give you an example. My dad, my dad, he actually told me of a baseball that zoomed right past his head and actually shaved a portion of his hair. That's how fast that ball was going. So you can imagine, you can imagine the, the speed and the weight of that ball going. It's almost like a bullet practically. Yeah like a rubber bullet that hits your head. It could cause some serious damage, like Jeremy pointed out. I mean, and and that's just, like I said, you know, there's a difference between sending a message, or like you said, Jeremy, there's a difference between sending a message and just being downright, like, awful. Just just bad intent, bad intentions behind everything you do, you know. So yeah, it's that was crazy. That was another rivalry that was on the field as well because now Sue is with Tampa Bay as well, and that was just it was just a crazy it was a crazy game. And unfortunately, uh, you know the the Packers are going to have to regroup and uh, figure some things out. But it is what it is. It's a loss. We move forward, just like we move forward with fantasy football, huh, Jeremy? Ay vey. <laughs> yeah, fantasy football. I hope you all are still enjoying your season. Likewise. I have uh, come to an amazing realization now that I am no longer a part of fantasy football this year, and we'll get into that in a moment. Um, I really don't care much for pro football anymore. <laughs> if it wasn't for fantasy football... I really wouldn't, I don't have much interest. I mean, I'm still following it. I'm still, just because I'm a sports guy, but my real passion is just always going to be college football and in particular, as you know, the great USC Trojans. But, but, it's it's really interesting to see because the morning after I chose to leave our league, I woke up the next morning and instead of jumping on the stats like I normally would and checking out all the day's scores, 
I woke up, I had my coffee, I just read the general news, and I didn't really give football a second thought. It was quite nice, actually. Um, nice. It, it was a nice moment where I was like, oh, crap, this doesn't have to rule my life. But yes, I did decide to leave our league. Um, hey, anyway. I'm glad that you're not no longer in it anymore. It's freeing. Now you understand why I don't, I'm not you, into you know, it. You know, it, and, and just to go ahead and echo... Uh, Jeremy, I mean, I was, I, I didn't necessarily leave the league. I was, um, I un, unfairly, uh, 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 you know, forced out. Uh, and it's, it's funny. It's a very interesting thing because it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, um, when you don't do anything, absolutely nothing that violates any rules, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up. You know, when you're forced out of a league, when you haven't done anything, you haven't well, violated, you haven't cheated, you haven't insulted, you haven't done anything to deserve to be kicked out the way I was. Well, but when you have somebody who goes off on a power trip, true, and you have somebody who begins being abusive, which is, you know, fantasy football, especially amongst friends, part of the fun is the ball busting part of the fun is messing with each other and ragging on each other but it is done in a fun spirit we had somebody who actually became malicious started getting personal <laughs> and it had nothing to do with fantasy football exactly and as you know me i don't have any room in my life for that type of negativity i have no room in my life for people being assholes except for you of course because you <laughs> do it so well well yes of course duh but you know I have friends, I have family, I have people who I can understand when they're going through certain things. I will tolerate it for a while, but I have my boundaries, I have my lines. And this particular person is somebody who mattered not at all to me. And there's no reason for me to put up with any of that BS. So I very nicely and very calmly said, you know, take care, enjoy your season. I'm going to back out, you know, please feel free to do whatever you want with my team was very kind about it and was attacked through text for the next 10, 15 minutes until I finally said, okay, I'm not going to be nice anymore. And my final text was just, okay, go fuck yourself. Big smile. Oh, wow. And, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. See, out of respect for the friendship that I had with this person, Jeremy actually was being cordial. He was biting his tongue the entire time. But unfortunately, this person tends to not let things go and just, you know, basically squash it, leave it alone, let it go, move forward. No, this person likes to continue to hammer the subject, continue to badger, continue to not ask questions as they put it in their in in the in the in the message boards because this person put uh, you know, aired out all of the dirty laundry between Jeremy and this other person and pretty much try to make themselves look like the victim. Like, I was only asking questions. Well, I don't know why he got upset. But hold on, hold, hold on, Jeremy. Okay. Let me just finish. Him, this person saying that is BS because that's typical of a person that wants people to sympathize with them. And this, that's what this person said. He's like, I was just asking questions. No, sir. You were not asking questions. You were interrogating. Like if Jeremy was some sort of criminal. Because why? Why do I know this? Because that person did the same to me. And another thing. 
If you Do don't, you guys, want, you guys are making oh, me not want oh, to be part of this ever. Well, oh, Go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. If you don't want me to go ahead and uh, and and relay a certain message that you had said about Jeremy behind their back, then don't say it, okay? Now, this person pretty much accused me of gossiping. Well, who started the gossip, you or me, by talking smack about a friend of mine? And yes, although we are friends, I'm also friends with Jeremy as well. Do you honestly think that I'm not going to be a little upset about that, about what you're saying? If you if you have something to say to this person, you go ahead and have the balls to say it to that person's face. It's that simple. I don't care if you try to hide under the blanket of, well, I don't know that person that well. No, 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 no. If you don't know that person that well, then don't start talking crap about that person to begin with. It's that simple. Okay, so yes, we, you know, Jeremy left. I was kicked out only because I did not stand up for that other person when Jeremy told him to go F himself. It was that simple. And the reason why, and I told him this and through an email, and then I blocked that email right afterward. Um, I told him, I said, I didn't stand up for you because it was basically what I said was it was wrong what you did. You didn't just question, you interrogated. And then on top of that, you aired all your grievances on the message board. And of course, he's got yes men and sheep that follow him. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're so uh, these guys are all guys from high school that will go ahead and follow each other to, you know, the ends of the earth. But however, Jeremy does have a couple of friends as well that were, that were on our league that saw these message boards. And they were like, this is highly inappropriate what he's doing. I'm like, I agree. I agree because this isn't right. He's acting like a child. He's acting mm-hmm. like a five-year-old, like somebody that didn't get their toy and is pissed because it, and, and, is, and is having a tantrum. It's that it boils down simply to that. So, you know, my message to that person is act your age, not your shoe size. Well, it's that simple. My thing is, and this is really my little bit of advice or you know, please don't do this for other people is that, yeah, he acted like an idiot. And as I said, without you bringing it up or the other guys in our league bringing it up, as soon as I ended the conversation, I didn't give this person a second thought. Mm -hmm. It, It just mattered that little to me. But if you are going to... If you are going to air dirty laundry, whether you are doing this with a friend or not, whether you're doing this in a message board or not, if you're going to share a conversation, share everything, share both sides of the conversation, because what this person chose to do was edit out all of their comments and only post what I responded to make themselves look good. If you make a habit of doing that, you are an awful person and you are a coward. If you have the audacity to post that conversation and you're so sure you're right then you need to post both sides of that conversation that is an absolute cowardly act you know it really is and it's it's great that you pointed that out because i actually pointed that out in the email as well when i when i sent it to this person i told them i said you only posted something to favor your you you didn't post your side of the conversation if you're going to go ahead and do that, like you said, Jeremy, I told him that. 
If you're going to go ahead and do that, post both sides. Okay. Post your line of questioning and then let the others decide whether or not you were in the right or in the wrong in a fair manner. But what you did was you only posted one side of the story so that way it can make you look like the victim. That's classic. That's a classic move for people that, you know, that, that, that try to manipulate and you don't do that. You can't, you should not do that at all. No. And that was wrong for, for what he did. Um, he, last I heard, he also was going to go ahead and post everything that I said. I was like, go ahead. Because you know what? The way I worded it, it's going to be kind of hard for you to, to, to actually come out looking like a good guy. Because unless, of course, you decide to edit a bunch of stuff out, which in general, it'll make no sense whatsoever. It'll look like gibberish. But at the end of the day, the whole point of this is, guys, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Fantasy football. It's a pastime. It is, you know, there's no reason to get so crazy. You guys, this sounds like it was work. I'll be I'll be honest with you. And and Jeremy, just to echo you again, the next day I was looking more forward to just watching my freaking Packers. I was like back to Packer mode. I was back to like watching everything. I was like, cool. You know, I don't have to worry whether or not, you know, especially yesterday after what happened. I'm so happy I'm not. That's not my team anymore. (laughs) It was so bad. I mean, I was hoping that, oh, yeah, the week is done. Aaron Jones will come back kicking butt. I would have lost this week. I think I would have lost this week because Jones is just not doing it. And he was part of my fantasy. I mean, well, Evans was doing it, but Jones wasn't. But for, um, for Lonnie. Mm-hmm. I know you brought up that this doesn't sound fun. I have to tell you, I've been playing fantasy football for over, what, 25 years now. Uh-huh. I've been in a league, multiple leagues, every year since I started playing. This is my first bad experience in a fantasy football league. It's the first bad season I've had. And unfortunately, it came down to one person's ego getting in the way. So it's, it's a rare thing. I've had many friends who play. You don't hear a lot of horror stories like this. And the truth is, it's not the end of the world. I, you know, yes, I'm right. I'm not as into the NFL as I was. I'm not quite following it as closely now that I'm not in fantasy football right. anymore. But right. next year, I'm going to join a league again and I will begin the process again because it's something I do very much enjoy. It's a pastime yep. I enjoy. Cool. Me too. And cool. Sounds like it was just a bad uh league or bad group that you were involved in. It just wasn't a great group from the start. I really came in because it was Xander who brought me into the league. He was the only Mm -hmm. person I knew in the league. And I didn't know anything about these people's personalities or the dynamics between everyone. So I was unaware of the Mm -hmm. kind of cabal of one side of this league and how they all kind of work together. I'm not saying collude, but how they always kind of look out for each other. Um, They have like their own little fraternity. Well, an example would be if one of these people makes a mistake or does something that was not completely on the up and up, it's generally viewed as, oh, well, it's understandable. They just, they made a mistake and it's no big deal. Yeah. So anyway, it just, you know, if if Xander and I are outside the circle and we do that exact same thing, then it's, why are you being shady? Why are you trying to pull one over on us? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to, you know, 
And it's like, where, you know, why you guys got to come at it from that angle? And the truth is, it's been like that since I joined this league. So there were some red flags there and some warning signs that I ignored. And... And to be honest with you, it was it was something that also was bothering me because I've even known many of these guys since since high school. And even in high school, it seemed like they had their own little clique, their own little group. And I was always an outsider. And uh, that's pretty much how I felt for the for this league as well, because even though uh, this particular person had a really bad falling out with one of their good friends, he still coddled this person. I mean, he was you know this person that he had the falling out with was in the league with his with his wife and everything and it just seemed like they were colluding and when i pointed it out uh this person would say oh well you know they're not they're not really colluding i mean if you look at their their numbers and everything it just makes sense you know it's like um their husband and wife they live together so if one wins the other one wins either way that should not be allowed in the league you know but whatever it is what it is i'm not going to you know i'm not gonna cry over spilled milk it's done right. it's over with we move on we'll still go ahead and talk about fantasy football we'll still go ahead and and you know chat about that because you know it is football season and it is pertinent to this particular show so we'll go ahead and continue to talk about that and move forward in other sports news uh man the Uf- ufc definitely had a great card this week i mean we ha- we saw brian ortega beat uh chan sung jung in a decision five rounds uh it was a, it was a it was definitely like a Good old JR would say it was a slobber knocker. Uh, so, I mean, it was it was a good one. But all of this pales in comparison to the upcoming fight between Justin Gagey and uh, and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, you know, this is a title fight. And, man, I'm looking forward to that because Justin Gagey is de- definitely doing a great job uh, with, with being a great champion and it's just it's definitely a fight to look forward to right now and man i'm I'm counting the days until that happens i think it'll be a really good fight um we haven't seen nurgamanov um in a while but i do remember him taking apart mcgregor pretty easily and the man has looked amazingly solid so i'm not sure if gagey can bring enough to the table to uh you know to put him down um man nurmanov is a beast and just call him khabib (laughs) well and it's coming from that that region and this is the thing that conor mcgregor did not understand is there is a fierce pride in their fighting as a culture, as a as an ethnicity, it is there is a fierce pride in their fighting and in their family and in representing their family and culture in this sport. And to ridicule that in any way, to put that down in any way, is to basically court disaster because these guys take it as you know as you're challenging their manhood. Um, I've Habib has a man he has a drive to win that you rarely see in I mean even some of the greatest champions aren't driven the way this man seems to so I you already know who my pick is as good as Gagey is uh, man I'm looking forward to it yeah and and the thing is that I mean at this point I'm also here's here's the thing I'm kind of torn because Gagey he's he's driven he's ready to go but we have uh, Khabib 
that he lost his father to COVID and his father mm. was also his coach. How is that going oh, wow. to play in his head? Is he going to, is that going to drive him further to win it for his father? Or is that going to affect his fighting? That's, these are two things that's going to, that, that are going to get into his head. Uh, it's going to be, you know, I mean, the coaches that he have, obviously they're, they're going to, they're going to take over and they're going to really coach him, really know what to do, but that's not going to take the place of his father. That's, that's never going to take the place of his father. They are never going to take the place of his father. So how is that going to play with his game plan? You know, that's that's what has me a little bit torn between these two. You have one fighter that has no issues whatsoever. He's good to go. He's ready to go. And then you have another fighter that, although he's incredible, undefeated in the sport, um, that's coming in off of a tragic loss over a virus that has affected the world entirely. How is that going to mess with his head, too? You know, that's this the is, thing. You never know. You really don't. It could be motivation but- for him. Well, that's what I was going to say is I really believe because of who he is and what he's shown in his attitude, he was already a man that I felt comfortable saying would rather die in the ring than lose. Wow. Now he has to represent his father and the man who helped bring him to where he is. I mean, he's one of those true. I mean, there's very few fighters, even some of the greats that I would say would rather die in the ring than lose. But I really believe that about this man. So I think it's going to be a motivation. I think he is going to want to raise his game to a level even he has never seen before. That's my true belief. Well, we have yet to see. Again, looking forward to that fight that's going to be coming up very soon in the next couple of weeks. And man, it's going to be, it's, that's going to be, again, using, using one of JR's quotes, it's going to be a barn burner. So we'll go ahead and... And since we weren't here last week, can we talk really quickly about that amazing kick by Joaquin Buckley? Oh yeah, that man! Was that was that was one of the prettiest knockouts I have ever seen, um, Lonnie. If you have not seen a clip of it, it is no, just Google, 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 Joaquin Buckley, and it okay. is just an amazing kick. It's not the most okay. most brutal or most nuts. amazing knockout, but the kick is spectacular. Nuts. Yeah, I was everybody who's a fight fan, their jaws were oh, just wow. on the ground. I saw it. I was like. Ooh. That was good, but ow. (laughs) It was one of the most creative kicks I've ever seen. Like like he turned around or did a flip and kicked him. It was a weird kick. His opponent (laughs) caught his leg. He caught caught the kick, and Buckley used the leverage of him holding his leg to to leap up with the other leg and kick him in the face. (laughs) And knock him out. One of the most amazing kicks I've ever seen. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. Like I saw it, I was like, dude, that's something I would see like choreographed in a movie or something well, and let's just say that is not a move that wow. any that's not a move that any martial art actually very teaches. unorthodox very that is unorthodox. something that he came up with on the spot that is creativity well that's that, that's something that that's something <laughs> you guys that are making of, me think of cobra kai that's the only kicking i've been watching well that's the, <laughs> right well that's that's the thing is that in martial arts they always teach us improvise pretty much you know, if, uh-huh. if something that doesn't go your way, improvise, find a way to make it go your way. I mean, that's that's at least how I was taught. 
is that, you know, if this move isn't working or if you're the person that's attacking you is using something else, improvise, find a way out of there, find a way out of that, you know, to make sure that, you know, you come out on top. And that's something that he did apparently he improvised because that's a very unorthodox move that he used and it was legal. It was perfectly legal and he knocked his opponent out with it. So yeah, it was definitely, yeah, good, good, good. Uh, bringing up that one. And, uh, again, you know, going back to Khabib, looking forward to that fight. So a lot, you know, lots going to be going on in the next few weeks. So we'll see what happens with that coming up next in video game news, NBA 2k 21 quietly starts adding unskippable ads to their games. Something that many people, including myself are not too happy with. We'll talk a little bit about that, but first here is AB's nobody right here on the Sandra Fett. Tattoos on my body, ayy. Through a dinner is private, ayy. I'm for show you a probably, ayy. Got the bitch on the molly, ayy. I'm a church and they copy, ayy. Talking shit and they hide it, ayy. I'm busy getting a check. Got them on set and they bet. I'm in the neck. I just got brand new address. I just might land on the deck. Tell me what's next. I got the Louis on me. I got them jewels on my teeth. Swear to the beat. Just go and Google the drip. Bitch, I am who you gon' see. Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking Touchdown in the 305, hop out the PJ Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me Shit so 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 easy, ain't nobody fucking with me I need a Spencer thing, yeah, that's what I like Take a big spot, yeah, that's what I Say I'm drinking all, oh, yeah, turn up tonight okay. Wanna hang with the gang, need it in my Run it up, fuck it up, throw the bitch, shut it up Go boy, I won't give a fuck Pussy good, but I don't give it up Yeah, I just be doing my thing, yeah No NBA, I got rings, yeah Robins is all in my jeans, yeah Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking with me Touchdown in the 305, pop out the TJ Bank account so long, you look like Oprah Winfrey Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so 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 easy, baby. The why she call up easy, baby. Ice wet might freeze me, baby. Lay punch, she say don't leave me, baby. Sin pigs been teasing lately. Then in that pussy, yeah, he the greatest. Late night creep, be the crazy. Don't spit out that nut, say eat it, baby. Who fucking with it, say nobody. Baby, stop playing that rim in that body. I'm really trying to get inside it. Put this whole ass, say ooh, exciting. Trying to get with you one night. Throw it back, baby, say ooh, she fighting. Grab my back, say ooh, she biting. Pulling me in, ooh, she like it. Ring, 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 call AB. All that tough, dumb, and nigga can't play me. Two cool little niggas say Swayze Ballin' on a nigga, come and yell at KD Boy, you can call a nigga, yell at AD Nut up on the grill, tell that bitch say cheese Bend for the dick, make the mama say please Be the pussy a real, real lazy Say you got a bitch, but you keep fucking with me Touchdown in the 305, pop out the TJ Bank account so long, it look like Oprah Winfrey Shit too easy, ain't nobody fucking with me Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. Shit so easy, ain't nobody fucking with me. It's AB, baby. And my boy, Yellow Bee. 
Hey, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains here. This is Max and Model Riley Sawyer. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to The Xander Effect. When I think about landslides And how I 
is Kimberly Dawn's Nashville, right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, looks like NBA 2K21 is trying to pull a fast one on all us gamers by putting ads into loading screens and making the loading screens go a little bit longer so that way the ads could finish. Now, I have an issue with this because I paid for a game not to have ads on it. I mean, come on. You guys are making millions upon millions of dollars off of games themselves. You don't need to put on ads in there because that's going to turn off gamers away from you. I mean, we, we already see enough ads as it is on television from our favorite shows, commercials, whatever you want. We don't need to see it in video games, too. That's that's overkill at this point. And it's becoming annoying to many gamers, including myself. I don't like that. I, I will, <laughs> will not stand for it. And I just won't play the game. I just won't do it. You know, um, it's just it's just an annoyance. And that's something that uh, needs to be, you know, rectified immediately because uh, apparently I'm not the only gamer that's complaining about that. Many gamers are complaining about that right now. And, uh, you know, EA is going to have to go ahead and make some changes with uh, with something with, with that. I mean, that's something that we don't need. It's the way of the world right now. I mean, every time you play or air something, it seems online, there's an ad. It's crazy. Yeah, but that's, but, but Lonnie, the problem here is that we paid for this game. It can't okay. be the way of the world with that because when we pay for a game, I mean, game, these games usually run anywhere from 60 to $100. Oh, if we're really? Pay, yeah. If we're going to pay 60 to $100 for a game, <laughs> we're going to want it our way. We're not going to want it their way. And their way is by adding, putting ads. No, 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 no. You don't do that. You do that with like freemium games, you know, games that you don't pay for games, like for apps and stuff like that. Yeah. I could see why some of these games have ads and yes, they're annoying, but they're free, but these games are not free. We pay for them. We pay good money for them. And we even like pay in game purchases, you know, like for example, if we want to go ahead and, uh, and improve our team, we go ahead and pay, uh, you know, uh, for points, for coins, like for example, in, in Madden ultimate team, I, you know, I pay for points in order to go ahead and pay for packs so that way i could go ahead and improve my team which by the way also is bs because when you go ahead and pay for i have a gripe with madden and with the ea about that too is that when you pay for something and it's pretty expensive you expect your team to be better than the other when it's not you wonder why the hell did i even pay for this if it's not going to go ahead and make a difference if i'm still going to get my butt kicked you know, I I pay for this for a reason so that way I don't it's a fair right. I mean I don't get my butt kicked. You know, no, or at least I'll bring it, it to another I'll bring it, it to oh, sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Um I'll bring it to another thing as, as well in that one of gamers biggest pet peeves is long loading screen times. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, what is what is the thing that every time they come out with a next generation of hardware, one of the things they talk about every time is, oh, the loading times are going to be faster. We've cut the loading times. It's going to load quicker. It's a big selling point. And now you have a game that's actually going to extend the loading times to try and make more money off of you 
when you're already giving them your hard-earned dollars. This is going to face a major backlash. This is even without the ads already one of the number one pet peeves of most gamers. Mm-hmm. And you're going to not only make it worse, but you're going to try and profit off of it as well. No, gamers are not going to respond well to this. Nope, nope. And it seems like a lot of gamers are already starting to speak out about it. So again, Lonnie, these are these are game, hashtag gamer problems. <laughs> you don't really know much about, but trust me, if you were a gamer, yeah, yeah. you would know. Trust me. I guess for me, I'm just thinking, you know, I turn on a a Netflix movie or am I watching various things that I pay for and there's always an advertisement that comes up. Agreed. And and that's something... It that happens all the time. I'm just speaking from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... I get it. Yeah. So it's it's BS and hopefully EA will get the picture. They'll get the point and uh, they'll start making some changes for their games and make sure that they don't do that for, for gamers because that's not right. That's, that's really... That's BS. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what EA does about that. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for listening to the Xander Vet. I'd like to go ahead and thank thank uh you know lonnie for being on the show lonnie thank you again for being here and of course and of course the other guy (laughs) yeah it's always great being here to uh you know treat you poorly lonnie (laughs) always wonderful talking with you Great Thanks. talking with you, Jeremy and Xander. Yeah, yeah. See, see, see. I like Lonnie. I like Lonnie. You, Jeremy, I just tolerate. <laughs> That's all right. You have to tolerate me. <laughs> you know, I love you. <laughs> the love is there. <laughs> but thanks everybody for listening. Remember, uh, you know, uh, remember that we're still in a pandemic. Remember, we still need to be wearing masks. We need to watch each other's backs. We need to protect each other. Mm-hmm. Wear your masks in public goggles if you got them gloves if you got them practice you know hygiene make sure you wash your hands if you don't have if you go out touch things don't touch your face wash your hands thoroughly before you try to touch your face or anything like that uh do it for yourself do it for your loved ones and remember to go vote that's something that we've been pushing majorly on the xander effect go vote your voice does matter your opinions do matter everything does matter you have the power to make change and make that change for all of us whether it be one way or another whatever you think is right do it and make it right and remember music always always heals all we'll see you next time The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann, in association with Art19 Media.